0: God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I know that it's holiday season. And uh, we gotta remember to be faithful and keep doing what we ought to do. Loving God, praying, reading our Bible, doing the things that we know to do. Amen. I want to talk a little while to all of you. I wish every member of this church was here tonight, but um, evidently God wants it for us who are here. And I, I trust that I can say some things this evening that will help us. I want to be right with God and do the right thing in the last days of time. Anybody believe we're living in the last days? We're living in, in, in the times uh, that the scriptures certainly talk about, and we want to be aware of the day that we're living in. I'm going to talk a little bit tonight from Psalms 133. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, if not, it'll be on the screen, Psalms 133. I'll begin at verse 1, and uh, we'll see if we can, we can find a few nuggets here in the Word of God tonight to help us with. I I, I want to talk about the strength. Everybody say the strength of unity. That's what I want to talk about tonight. The strength of unity. Uh, it's not a it's not a great big deep subject, and I won't say deep things tonight. Number one, I'm just a little old simple preacher. I, I'm not very deep when it comes to to things that. You know, some guys can use big words and give you a lot of stuff that uh, maybe you've never heard before. What I'm gonna give you, you've ever one heard before, and but you need to hear it again. Amen. How many of you know that your household is better where there's unity? Huh? Wow. Here's what unity is: it's a being of united oneness. This is what this is what the dictionary said: harmony agreement. That's the definitions of unity. And so I'm I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I'll read what was written in the book of Psalms so that you can have something to, to gather your thoughts with. But here's what the psalmist said. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment Upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. Now, if I could read it again, but I want to read it in the Living Bible Translation, so that you can hear what it said. It said, how wonderful it is, how pleasant when brothers live in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the fragrant fragrant anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head and ran down unto his beard and to the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew on Mount Hermon, on the mountains of Israel. And God has pronounced this eternal blessing on Jerusalem, even life forevermore. So let's talk about the strength of harmony or the strength of unity. I I don't have to... uh, um, well long here for you to know that without unity in in anything and without harmony, things will fall together in a real big hurry. They'll fall apart in a real big hurry. The environment you stay in determines your thoughts and your actions and the road that you take. The things we listen to affect us. It affects how we think and what we believe. The church that stays in unity is a strong church. The church that believes and walks together and talks together. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture here in a few minutes. As a matter of fact, I'll give you one now. In Acts chapter 1, in the beginning of the church, the Bible said in verse 14, all th- these all continued with one accord. Everybody say, one accord. In prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. It started in the first church. If you move to Acts chapter 2, you'll find when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. So unity was there in the beginning and harmony when the church was born. I'm going to talk about the church we could talk about our house. We could talk about our jobs. We could talk about our friends. We could talk about a lot of things here tonight that we could, we could talk about unity being there. But I want to talk tonight about the church because this is what we are a part of. Let me tell you, the strength of the church is in the unity of the church. When people love one another... And when people are in harmony with one another, the church that prays together will stay together. And the church that believes together and stands upon faith together. There's a lot of things that can be said about a child. Look, I've seen some that wasn't in harmony. And thank God this church is not that church. And I, I, I guess what I'm preaching tonight is not necessarily because there's disunity But it's to avoid that. So the facts are we have to get our mind in God and on God, and we have to do what the Lord wants us to do. This is why the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is and so much more as you see the day approaching because the church has to stay together. Everybody said amen. Amen. I got to love you, you got to love me. Now let me be honest with you. Nobody in this room is going to see eye to eye with me all the time. And I'm not going to see eye to eye with you all the time. But there is such a thing as, as having disagreeing uh, without being disagreeable. Amen? You can disagree and not have a bad spirit. Nobody's going to see the same thing the same way all the time. But the Bible talks about us striving for the unity of the faith. We all got to be on the same page. The world's lost. We got to believe the doctrine. We got to believe what's right. I spoke with a gentleman just not long ago. He was saying, well, I I feel like the Lord is moving me here. And I said, okay, let's talk about that. Because here's what I believe. God's never going to move you to a place where the truth is not. Furthermore, let me nip this in the bud. I don't believe God robs out of one church to build up another one in town. Just a thought. Hallelujah. I've already started preaching good tonight. The Bible said, The Bible said, the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But this is the first church, Acts chapter 4. But they had all things in common. They had all things in common. Listen to that. They were of one heart and of what, you want a revival? One heart, one soul, all things in common. How many of you want the best for God's kingdom? Then we got to all get together. We got to all pull together. The Bible said in the next verse, verse thirty-three, and with great power gave, or, or with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon all them. You know why? One heart, one soul, and they all had all things in common. This is how the first church began. How in the world can a church exist or can a family exist or can anything exist where there is not unity? Because with unity comes numbers and with numbers comes strength. I, I, I know that you know that with God, one man is a majority, but I'm going to tell you what God expects. He wants us to be in such harmony and such unity that we pray. Look, God's not going to tell me one thing and tell Tony Gallup something else. He's not going to tell me one thing and tell Jason Hodge something else. He's going to tell us the same thing if we're all praying and asking for the will and the mind of God. Can anybody say amen? God do not he doesn't sin. You know what the Bible said? God is not the author of what? Right. God's not the author of confusion. If there's confusion, it's not of God. Does that make sense? You might say, well, I just don't understand there's a lot of confusion. I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you how to understand it. It's the devil that brings confusion in a church. It's the devil that brings confusion in your mind. It's, condem- it's the devil that brings confusion in your home. God don't author that. God's not the author of confusion. So you 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 have to assemble yourself together often and you have to believe the same thing, and you have to have one heart, and you have to have one soul, and we have to have all things in common. That means that we're all striving for the same thing. It's not all about me, and it's not all about you, and it's not all about them, or it's not all about us. It's about God and his purpose. Can you say amen? It's not about what we want individually. You know, we can all fight for our individual. Rights and say, well, I believe this, and I, you know what the Bible said. Listen to me very carefully tonight. In the multitude of counsel, there in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. The multitude of counsel, there is safety. Don't you get quiet on me? Amen. So, so what we're looking for and what we want to do in these last days, you, you know. There's a scripture in Proverbs that says uh, two are better than one. I've used it a lot of times in a marriage ceremony. Two are better than one because one, when one falls, the other can pick him up, okay? That unity. That's called unity. I'll tell you what you do. You get a marriage that there's no unity, and brother, you got a cat fight on your hands. Amen. Somewhere you got to learn to get along. One fellow said, He thought it was going to be honeymoon, but for two years it was shipwreck. How many of you remember when you first got married, you had to learn to live with whoever you married? You know, you got to do that. That's just just part of life. And if you don't learn, you ain't going to be married very long. So unity falls in the church, in the family, in our individual lives. Paul picked it up in Romans 14 and he said this, let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. I want to give you these verses because I found this very interesting today when I read them again. I've read them many times before. This is in 14 beginning at verse 19. Now read verse 20. For meat destroy not the work of God. For meat Destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. Now, here's what Paul, he's talking about the eating of meat in Romans chapter 14. And he's saying, for meat destroy not the work of God. In other words, let me read the rest of it, and then we'll talk about it. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. And whatsoever is not of faith is sin. What Paul is saying here is we can't all, we can't all believe, we may not all believe and 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 see everything eye to eye but I won't eat meat if it offends my brother. I won't do anything to cause disunity in the church. Amen? So so he's saying, for meat, destroy not the work of God. Don't destroy the work of God because you want something so bad. All things are pure, he said, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. Because unity is more important than what you like. Unity and there's strength there, but there's weakness when when there's a little, you know, uh, he's doing this, right? And look, I there's another scripture that said, be not so easily offended. You can't get offended at everything that everybody does. I'll tell you where we'd be better off. You ready for this? I'm not sure you are, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. When we learn to live for God for ourselves and we learn to live and do the right things for God, for ourselves, and quit worrying about everybody else, there'll be unity because you can love your brother or your sister. They may not measure up to your measurements, but they are just as saved as you are because they have eat meat with faith. And the Bible said that if you don't, he that doubteth, is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. In other, I heard a preacher preach this one time, and it was uh, it was pretty powerful what he said. He said, "Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God." In other words, you may be able to eat meat, but your brother may be, may not be able to eat meat. But if you're going to eat meat, you do it to yourself and before God, and you do it in faith. Why? So that you won't cause chaos in the church so that you won't cause an argument in the, among the people of God. Does that make sense to everybody? So what I'm talking about tonight is that there's some things that I don't do, some things that you don't do, because we don't want to offend the church. Or if it, it, it may not feel bad to me. And the Bible said if, 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 if you doubt it and you, you eat, you're damned, because you're not eating in faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. But on the other hand, if there's things, you know, I, this preacher that I heard preach, he said, "Why do you think they put why do you think they put doors on on, on bathrooms, you know? There's some things that you do in private." Not you not, not look, don't misread me right here. That don't mean you can go out and get drunk in private. That don't <laughs> that don't mean you can go shoot up drugs in private. That's not what we're saying. But there are some things that are not sin in and of itself. But it's sin to some people because of conscience and because they can't feel good about it and because they can't eat it in faith. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm doing good here tonight. So, So you have to recognize that if meat offend my brother, I will eat no meat. That's what Paul said. If that offends you, brother, I won't do it in front of you. But you know what? I can close the door and eat all the meat I want. you not going to know what's happening, and it won't bother you, and it'll strengthen me. Hmm. Now, you, some of you never heard me talk that way before, but that's the facts. Paul said also in 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, talking about unity. He said, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, watch this, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He's saying there can't be divisions in the church. You can't have a group over here that says, I'm going to do it this way, and another group over here says, first of all, I'm going to tell you, to be saved, we've all got to do the same thing. we all got to be born of water and spirit. Now, to stay saved, I want to tell you there's, there's some things that, and you've heard me teach this before, there's some personal conviction and then there's some sin. There's some things that are just outright sinful. There are other things that are personal convictions that you may have that your brother may not have. I doubt seriously that a lot of folks like this. This right here. But I have never found no sin in that. Now, let me tell you what i do. I'll shave it when it's time to shave it so that I won't offend people. But see, I don't offend you, so I'm aware. But the facts are, it does offend some people. Why? Because they just talk that way, and they believe that way. I was at a church not too many months ago, and and uh, they were having a big drama and the pastor got up and he said, uh, now folks, he said, if you see people around here with beards, he said, I just want to tell you that we're just trying to look like Jesus. <laughs> so so I thought that spoke pretty well. <laughs> and uh, the crowd laughed, but I'm sure there was some that wasn't laughing inside. But the facts are, there are some things that you can do. I'm not preaching for that tonight. I I that that's not what I'm saying. I'm preaching tonight to tell you that in the church we have to have no divisions and we have to be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I want to give you a little history. I don't I'm not going to go deep, but uh in 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 1948 I believe it was the the United Pentecostal Church was formed. The United Pentecostal Church was formed from two groups. Uh and 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 I'm I'm I may or may not get this right, but there were there were two groups and I can't remember the name, the, the the Pentecostal assemblies or I I forgot the name. Anyway, two groups came together to form the United Pentecost Church. One of them believed, one of them believed that you were saved at repentance and that you you received the Holy Ghost after you were saved. They all baptized in Jesus' name, but they believed one group. Of the United Pentecost Church believe that you were saved when you came to the Lord at repentance, and and then you you were saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You've heard that terminology. The other group believed that you repented and you had to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, and that was your salvation, which that's what I believe. And uh, but, but when they came together, there was great division. I've read the history and read the books and, and read after people that were there and people that knew. But here's what happened. Here's what happened. They put in their, in the bylaws of the United Pentecost Church, and it's still there, uh, something to this effect that we can't strive for our own contentions. We, we have to strive for the unity of the faith until we become unified in spirit, okay? And and the bottom line was two groups came together to form what is now the most powerful oneness organization in the world with more representatives of doctrine and preaching in the world, which we are a part of. But, but the facts are... They knew that they didn't agree on every little thing, but here's what they knew. They knew the Holy Ghost was real, that baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus was real, that holy living was real, and so they came together and they put aside their differences. That's what has to happen for anything to survive. There's got to become a meeting of the minds with no division, and they have to be perfectly joined together in the same mind with the same judgment. You can't dwell on little things and be unified. So Paul also said in 2 Corinthians, I, I hope you're grasping what I'm saying. 2 Corinthians 13, finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind. Live in peace and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Be of one mind. Everybody say be of one mind. You know what the mind of this church has to be? This is a soul saving station. We want everybody that walks through those doors to find Jesus. Amen. You can bring your burdens to the Lord and leave them here. You can repent of your sins, and God will baptize you with his spirit. We'll take you to the waters of baptism in the name that is above every name. The mind of this church has to be a soul-saving station. This is not just a club. This is not just a place for us to come enjoy one another's friendship and fellowship. This is a soul-saving station. And the minute we forget that, we're out of the will of God, and we're not in the mind of Christ because he said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Here's here's, and this is the scripture that was used when they came together in, in the merger in 1948, Ephesians 4 and 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, Paul said. The unity of the spirit. You know what? We don't all like the same colors. We don't all drive the same kind of vehicle. Women don't like the same kind of shoes. Men don't normally have but a black and a brown pair, in case you're wondering. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. We get hung up. My wife gets mad at me. I'll find a pair of shoes I like, and and when they start wearing out, I go get another pair, just like them. She said, why'd you do that? I said, because I like them. I don't care what y'all think. I'm I lost that fashion stuff several years ago. I'm into comfort now. <laughs> yeah, I see some of you shaking your head. You are too. But 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 we don't all like the same thing. We don't all comb our hair the same way. We don't even all use the same kind of hairspray. You don't even use the same kind of dish uh, dishwashing soap. You drive a different car. You know what? It's what you like. Some, some of the cars that, that I see, I, I wouldn't drive that if I was dead. But guess what? You wouldn't drive the ones I drive. I like, I like, in case you don't know it, all my vehicles are black. I just like it. I think when it's shiny and shiny. Now, the problem is keeping them shiny. You know? And, and but but you know some of you like white because you know why you say well that's easy to keep clean, well it is but it ain't near as pretty as black. I'm just I'm just rubbing y'all the wrong way tonight. I'm having a good time doing. It. My point is we never agree on everything, but the bottom line is we know we all got to have a vehicle to get to church and get to work, and to go pick the kids up from school. Bottom line is we all know we got to have clothes that are comfortable and clothes that we can wear. The this is why there's all kind of varieties of all kind of things but when it comes to the church there is no there is no uh, no variation as to what god meant when he said you dry you endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace you come to church you get your eyes on god you get like they were in the second chapter of acts you get with one accord you get with one mind you know what we're going to do when we walk into this church on a sunday morning we all ought to be lifting our hands and praising god because we're inviting the presence of god in here we're inviting the holy presence of god into the church it's not about me i love all these singers but if you're You're here for them to give you a show. That's the wrong reason to be here. And if they're here to give you a show, they need to go sit down. This is all about him. This is his house. This is not my house. That's what I'm talking about. Here's what Paul said to the Philippians. He said, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. Watch this, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. This is what I want you to do. you got to be standing fast in one spirit. you got to have one mind. That's why when you come to church we can't be griping and arguing and looking at one another and pointing fingers and accusing and judging. Number one, that's not the will of God and God is not pleased with that. But if you want a moving church with a revival and a move of God in the house of God, you get in the unity of the spirit. You stand fast in one spirit. you stand fast in the mind of God and you strive for the faith of the gospel. That's what God wants out of the church. Somebody shout amen. He said again in the Philippians chapter 2, here he comes again, he said, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, and of one mind. It goes on and on in the scriptures, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other, other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others, let let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know what He was? He was a fixer of problems. He wasn't a problem maker, he was a problem solver. Hallelujah. And then Jesus came along and, and, and he was teaching one day and he said this. The Bible said he knew their thoughts. And so he said this to them. This is in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus said, because he knew what they were thinking, he said, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself cannot stand. You know what that says? When there's war in the camp, camp's going down. Amen? Well, Pastor, I just, I think we ought to, and look, I, Years ago, I had somebody come to me saying, there's a lot of people in this church upset because we're, we're, we're not singing their kind of songs. And I said, really? Yep, people going to leave. I said, really? Because we're not singing their kind of song?" Yeah. I said, okay. So I knew about who they were talking to. So I just started setting up meetings. 20 minutes apart. I didn't have much to ask. I just said, I need to meet with you at 5. I need to meet with you at 5.20. I need to meet with you at 5.40. I need to meet with you at 6 o'clock. I did this. And I started calling people in. I said, uh, how's it going? Oh, good. You love your church? Yeah. You love the worship? Yeah. You like what we're singing? Oh, yeah. We love it, Pastor. Okay, That's all I need to know. Next. I didn't find nobody anywhere that didn't like what was going on. But I found a couple people that claimed everybody else was upset. Nobody was upset. I didn't know nothing to do but Just hit it head on, so I did. Here's the facts. Just because you don't like it don't mean nobody else likes it or don't like it. Got me? Just because everybody don't agree with you. Like-minded, same love, one accord, one mind, this mind in you which was also in Christ. And, and then, and then when, you, when you listen to what Jesus said, what some folks want to do, what the devil would like to do, is stir up and divide people with inside the kingdom because he said when that happens, it's going to be brought to desolation. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people lost over division in a church that never got over it, that got in an argument, that got on a side. You know whose side I'm on tonight? I'm on God's side. I'm on this book's side. If it lines up with this book, honey, I'm I'm reared back and ready to go. How about you? but if it if it doesn't and you you come to me wanting something different than what's in the word of God you're not getting it out of me because I'm telling you we got to st- we got to stay in the mind of Christ. The Bible said in Romans chapter 12 and I hurry. So we being many are one body in Christ. Everybody say we're one body. I preached a little bit about this a few days ago in this church us being the body. And the Bible said we are every one of us are members of one of another, one of another. When your body hurts, you hurt all over. Am I right? You, you know this is true. The Bible, the Bible also said in First Corinthians 10:17, we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. You know what it's saying? If we're going to be the bread and the body of Christ, we can't say to one another, "You, we we don't like you. I'm going to tell you, this hand right here likes this hand right here. Because if this hand gets hurt, guess what this hand does? It grabs it immediately. Oh, you know I'm telling you the truth. Go hit yourself. Go, go hit your, your thumb with a hammer. You know what the first reaction is? Watch this. reach up there you might put it in your mouth and suck it a little bit oh ooh, ah, ooh. But, but this hand's invariably going there it's a natural reaction it comes because they're both part of the body when you stub your toe going through the living room in the dark at night guess what you do oh Your hand reaches for your foot because it's a part of the body. Does that make sense? Your hand don't say, ha, 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 I told you. No. Your hand don't say, I ain't worried about you, just hurt. No, you hurt all over. I'm talking about the church. Foot, hand, arm, leg, we're all in this together. We all have to be in the same mind. We all have to be for one another and not against one another. Because Paul said, for the body is one and hath many members. And all the members of that one body, being being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, everybody say one spirit, are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made, all made to drink unto one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If if that scripture don't tell you what I'm talking about tonight, you ain't gonna get it. He said, by one spirit we're all baptized. You know what the common denominator is among this people right here? Because some of you look, I don't care if you make seven dollars an hour or thirty dollars an hour. I don't care if you got two hundred thousand dollars in the bank or you don't have one red cent you know what the common denominator of this church is? It's the Holy Ghost. And when we walk in here, we are all baptized by one spirit into one body. And the reason we're here is because we're saved by grace and the mercies of God. And you have no right judging anybody or being against anybody. We have to say we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And that's what's beautiful about the church. The Holy Ghost is the common denominator of the church. Can you say Amen. That's what makes us all alike. I'm no better than you are. You're no better than I am. That's why Paul said there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. If you want that scripture, Galatians 3:28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. I believe that, don't you? And there's strength in that. That's why Paul said, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made us both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. God brings us out of a world. Look, the church is supposed to be diverse. It's supposed to have all kind of people in it if you think there's just one little religious group or one little uh, nation or or one color or one creed or one nationality that's going to be in heaven, you, you have fooled yourself. Heaven is going to be full of all kind of people. Amen. All kind of people. That's why the church has to, I've told people before, you know, I want to say this. This, this church was, was one of the front runners. And, and we stepped out and, and we started bringing everybody in, who, whosoever will. You know, I mean, there, there were days when, when, when we didn't have a multicultural church. But many years, many years ago. But here's what God wants us to be, a multicultural church. He wants everybody that walks through these doors to find Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what your pedigree is, what your background is, he wants everybody in this church, everybody that walks through here. He wants everybody in this parish. He wants everybody in this world to know Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't like a multicultural church, go somewhere and find you somebody that's that's, that that or someplace that that is prejudiced and they don't want everybody in their church because this church is always going to be a church for whosoever will. And this is a place of worship for all people. Everybody say all people. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're a congressman or a mayor or you're a pauper on the streets. It doesn't matter who you are. You're welcome to this church because this is a soul-saving station. Our mind has to be that way. We have to feel that way. We have to believe that way. And we have to stay that way because there's a lot of pressure from the outside sometimes. We can't succumb to the pressure of the outside. We have to be in, in, in unity of spirit and in truth. We've got to walk the walk and talk. The talk and love one another and be what we are. We got to be it not only on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, but seven days a week. You got to be the church and you got to walk like the church and talk like the church and be a part of the church because that's what God is looking for in the 21st century and in the last days of time. Amen. Somebody shout, Amen. Don't let this house be divided. Gideon's army was not the, the greatest in number, but I'll tell you what they were. They were great in unity. They, 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 there was only 300 men that God chose, and he put 100 over here and 100 over here and 100 over here, and they, they didn't have a bunch of big weapons, but i tell you what, they, they were unified. And when they, when they started blowing the horns and when they started giving the shout, let me tell you something. The walls came down in Jericho when they marched. The armies overtook in Gideon's army when they got unified to do what God told them to do. When we just simply do what God tells us to do and everybody's on board, it's going to be okay. Everybody say it's going to be okay. Come on, I want you to say it. It's going to be okay. God's got a place for this church when we are unified as we ought to be. Amen. Amen. So you can't contend for your own likes or dislikes. You've got to believe what God says in his word and what we believe in this church. Here's what I want to tell you, and I, I, I hurry to a close tonight. Here's what I want to say to you. It's very easy to become contentious when we become selfish. Contention is often because of selfishness. Have you ever seen anybody just had to have it their way? Brother, it's I've heard I've heard, <laughs> I've heard of people say, "Well, with them it's their way or the highway." I don't I I don't want to be that guy. How about you? I I don't want to be that person because that is a very selfish spirit that comes on people. It's my way or the highway. Well, I like it. And if I don't if you don't like it, you're wrong. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You may be able to eat meat and they may not be able to. I've given you enough scripture tonight to make you understand that unity is not just necessarily likes and dislikes. It's coming together and agreeing to disagree on some minor issues perhaps. But the the bottom line is the truth of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the church of the living God has to stand in faith and stand in unity or we're not what God wants us to be. Amen. So I I close tonight with just... By telling you what the devil would like to do. And this is what he always does. First of all, the devil attacks on the outside. And that's pretty noticeable when he attacks on the outside. But then if he can't get us from the outside, guess what he does? He comes inside. Oh, you think the devil don't come to church? The Bible said when the sons of God showed up, the devil was with them. The devil came to church and he started accusing. He accused Job. He accused him. The devil comes to church. He can cause division in the church, he can cause division among the people of the church. All he's got to do is just get this group over here together and this group over here together and this group. That's why I've always preached against cliques. If you're in a clique, you need to get out of the clique because we got to all love one another. There's no cliques in this church. Amen. Better not be. You got to love everybody. But the devil tries to get this and this and this and then he starts working from the inside out. And if he ever gets on the inside, I've seen organizations, I've seen churches, I've seen people, I've seen marriages, I've seen families, when the devil gets on the inside and he starts working from the inside out. And let me tell you what he'll do. He'll cause hatredness and bitterness and strife. He'll cause all kinds of situations and problems. And, and, and that's his goal is to tear up whatever is good. But in this church, I'm telling you right now, if we will pray for the mind of God, if we will seek the will of God, if we will stay in the unity of the Spirit until we all come into the unity of the faith, until we stand before God and say we did it as a unit and we did it with, with because we loved the Word of God and we loved the Lord and we loved His church. There's some things that I can X out of my life for the church because the church is more important than me. And the church is more important than you. And so there's some things you just X out and you say, no, I'm not doing that because that'll hurt my church. That'll hurt the people I worship with. That'll hurt my testimony in this world. You just got to do some things for the unity of the spirit till we come into the unity of the faith. And everybody said amen. Stand with us. Ushers, come right now. I'll give you a chance to say anything you want to say tonight. We've got a minute or two here. Anybody want to say anything here this evening? Add to anything that I've said or didn't say. Amen. Here you go, brother. Herklund. They'll receive the offering while we're 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 ending everything here tonight. Anybody? The unity, the strength of unity, strong is when we love and we 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 hold to the truths and we stick with one another. Amen. My daddy said this. Here's a geism for you. The church is like, a, it's like a, a, a cluster of bananas. If you get away from it, you'll get peeled. Huh? If you get away from it, you'll get peeled. I'm staying with the church. Anybody want to stay with the church? Let me tell you who was saved in Noah's day, those that were in unity. Those that, those that said, oh, no, 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 we've heard this before. We don't believe there's a rain coming. We've just, you know what, we've never seen anything like that. We're not listening. Those are the people that died outside the ark. Amen. I could go through the scripture and show you many, 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 many times. If Israel hadn't been unified many times, they would have went down. But because they stood in unity, God stood with them, and they won the battle because of unity. When those people marched around the walls of Jericho, how many people do you think that were marching around the walls of Jericho that in their mind they might have thought, this this, this Joshua is crazy. This ain't going to work. We've we've, we've walked around this wall before. He thinks the walls are going to fall. But you know what? They marched anyway. They kept marching. Six days they marched. And on the seventh day, they marched seven times. And not one crack was in that wall on time number five. Not one crack was in that wall on, time number, on, 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 on walk number six. But when they did what the Lord said and they stayed unified and the trumpets blew and the shout went up on the seventh time around the wall, guess what happened? The walls fell down. Seven days that God had to prove that if you'll just stick with my word and stick with truth and stick with what I'm telling you, everything's going to be okay. Does anybody believe the word of God here tonight? Everything's going to be okay. Just stick with the church. Just stay with the people of God. I love you tonight. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for our church. Thank you for the unified spirit that's in this building. Thank you for those that have stood up for truth and have weathered the storms. Oh, Lord, we thank you that the seed has not come against us to destroy us, but we have stood strong in the truth of God. We ask you to give us strength now and let us learn from the lesson tonight that we must be strong, and to be strong, we must have unity in this church. We believe it, God, and we ask you for it, and we ask you to do it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.